Welcome everyone, bienvenidos. I am Danny Torres, host of the Talking 21 podcast and part of the Our Esquina podcast network. This episode is a bit different from our traditional podcast because not only do our listeners know Talking 21 revolves around the life and the legacy of Roberto Clemente, but for this podcast, we wanted to acknowledge and most importantly celebrate October 17th, 2021. This date marks the 50th anniversary of the Pittsburgh Pirates defeating the heavily favored Baltimore Orioles in seven games to become World Series champions. There's a drive up the middle. Hernandez in back of the bag. He's going, Jackie Hernandez. Look at Glass. Glass has pitched the Pirates to the World Championship. The World Series MVP was a phenomenal ball player with the nickname, The Great One. And we know his full name, Roberto Clemente Walker. Three months ago, I traveled to PNC Park in Pittsburgh. And not only did the Pirates organization honor the 1971 World Series champions, but also I had the distinct privilege to interview a few of those ballplayers who briefly shared their recollections of the 1971 season. I asked each player, at what moment did they have a strong feeling their team, this team, was destined to play baseball in October? Plus, I would be remiss if I didn't ask these players if they could share a funny story about their teammate, Roberto Clemente. So I'm talking 21 listeners. I invite everyone to sit back, relax, get ready to go back 50 years and listen to the World Series champions who were there. And we'll even hear from the oldest son of the great one, Roberto Clemente Jr. and the family of 1971 World Series Championship Manager, the late Danny Murtaugh. And leading off, we have former right-handed all-star pitcher and former Pirates broadcaster, Steve Blass. When I was on the mound, all I could think of was that particular game. I never had a feeling, because we were, we were kind of developed not to look too far ahead. We Stay in the moment, stay in the moment because you can't get ahead of yourself. Just like if you're trying to pitch the ninth inning in a complete game, trying to get all three outs on one pitch, you can't get ahead of yourself. So not on the mound, but as the season went into September, I knew this was one hell of a ball club. And I didn't know how far we could go because uh, you can't predict anything can happen. You could take the worst team in the major leagues, put them in a seven game series in October, and they can sweep the best team. It's possible. So with that kind of thing in mind, I, but I think, I start feeling real good in September. We got Clemente, we got Stargell, we got Mazeroski from the kind of the quote unquote old guard, but we had a farm system that was loaded in the late 60s that bought us Ellis, Robertson, Hebner, Oliver, Moose, Sanguian, Milt May, all those guys. So as it started to form and integrate into the, into the guys that had been around, this was this was some kind of talent. So that's when I started thinking good thoughts. I said, we got a chance, we got a chance because we're real good. I don't know what's gonna happen, but we got a chance. Good thoughts, Steve Blass, but you and I love to laugh. And if there was one particular moment during that 1971 series, your former teammate, 
the great Roberto Clemente, there had to have been a funny moment, one of the funniest moments that Steve Blass and Roberto had together. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, we, we got to, to the point we got in the series that we were, we were good friends. You know, we had people that were closer to, but we became good friends. And I decided to go over and have some fun uh, during, during, the, during, not during the series, but during the season. And I went over his locker and I said, all right, Robbie, I could call him Robbie because we were friends. Robbie, here's the deal. If I ever get traded, I'm going to pitch you inside because everybody in the National League pitches you away and you hit 350. He said, bless. And I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you one thing. <laughs> You pitch me inside, I will hit the ball to Harrisburg. And so I said, good talk, and I slunk back to my locker. Up next, we have Tim Murtaugh, the grandson of Pittsburgh Pirates manager Danny Murtaugh and Danny Murtaugh's daughter, Colleen. Tim Murtaugh, you know the history, you know the legacy of not only your grandfather, but of this extraordinary team. What is it that specifically you've heard from his players of what made the 1971 Pirates so special that they went all the way to become those World Series champions? Well, I think what you always hear from the guys who were on that club was that it really was a family atmosphere. I mean, they were teammates, but they really felt like family. Everybody got along. Uh, they laughed a lot. They had a good time uh, playing ball together. And I think that, you know, they had a lot of talent, too. So that sort of helps in Major League Baseball. But the chemistry that that team had, if you talk to any of the guys who were there, uh, was, was really something magical and something special. And uh, I think what, what I've heard them say about my grandfather, Danny Murtaugh, is that he treated them all like men. He, he treated them like the professionals that they are, and uh, if you were going out and doing your job, he really didn't uh, talk to you much. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't mess with what you were doing if you were out there doing your job. And I, and I think uh, a lot of the attention in recent years that that team has gotten, aside from the fact it's the 50th anniversary of winning the World Series, was uh, the lineup that uh, they put out there on September 1st, 1971, against the Phillies, where it was the first all non-white lineup in the history of Major League Baseball. And uh, I think if you talk to the players who were out there on the field that day, they didn't even realize it at first. And, uh, you know, uh, my grandfather said after the game that he just put the best nine guys out there, and all he knew is that it said Pirates on the front of all their jerseys. Uh, and, I, and it really didn't get a whole lot of attention at that time. But, yeah, but, but these days, people are starting to, to remember and, and notice that and realize what a milestone that was for Major League Baseball. And, and the fact that inside the Pirates clubhouse and even out on the field when it was happening, nobody really realized it at first. And it's because they always went out just to try to put the best nine guys on the field and put the team in, the, in a place to win. And I think that's what people know about that team. Well, I thank you so very much. But I do have the daughter of Danny Murtaugh. Anything I could do to help, I just popped in here to help. Anything you want to talk about your father? Um, my dad was a really nice man. That's what I remember most about him. Not just baseball or anything like that. He was just a really nice man, wasn't he? He was. He was a really good man. Anything so. specifically, if it is baseball related, that you could share? Oh, the parade in 1971. I was expecting our first child, um, and the parade, we landed at the airport, was played in Baltimore, the last game, and we're coming down through, we came through the tunnels, and there were people all over the place, and then as we got closer to town, the people were getting crazy, and my dad was in a Kelly Green convertible, and I was, and my mother was, and they finally, I pulled him down, they put the convertible top up, and then people jumped on the convertible top, and it was caving in and I was sure he was going to die at that moment I was sure of it he thought I was going to have give birth at that moment so instead of going to the uh, 
after party. We went back to their apartment and had scrambled eggs. <laughs> scrambled eggs with a World Series champion manager. Murtaugh family, thank you so very much. Yeah. Always smiling. Three-time all-star catcher and a dear friend of Roberto Clemente, Manny Sanguian. I remember I was I was up for 21. I, go, I get to Atlanta, and and I have like a three or four hit. And then every time I, I said, I talk to Danny, he said, Manny, we need a more patient. That's the way we bring a more congruent. You know, and Portugal, yeah, this arm was gone. But he did good. Uh, we used to have a one pitcher for Detroit. It's so mad, and I forgot the name. A friend of mine. We would play, and then then, then, then would uh, score so many wrong. And then I said, then he kept pass. I said, you know what, Manny? I want to let it go because we had to save the arm to win the World Series. Wow, wow. I really learned in that time. They say, I don't care how many wrong he scored because we're going to win the World Series. What specifically sticks out for you? One of the funniest moments in the 1971 series that still puts a smile on your face. Well, Clemente and me, he called me in the, at like 9 o'clock in my room because he want to make sure that I stay in my room for myself because my wife was praying he was in picture, okay? And then he have a he in the bed, I sit down up there watching me and then he called me like at 9 o'clock. I'm making sure I go that way. At 9 o'clock, he said, Manny, meet me 7 30 in the cafeteria. But I mean, I get, I get that 7 o'clock for reading. And then we eat nice breakfast there because we used to eat in the daytime. We eat like a, a steak and then we eat, uh, we drink milk. I, I then laugh about me because I drink and hot milk. My father used to have a cow and then because we don't have a doctor, we burn the meal, okay? And then he said to me, let's go. And then when we were going to the ballpark, you could have your show up. And then Roberto said, man, you sit down in the front, then Davali, you stay with me. He will, will go, he said, where are you going? I said, I tell him, we're going to the ballpark. He said, well, to the ballpark? I said, well, we're the Pittsburgh Pilots. And then he said, you know that Roberto Clemente? I said, yes. He said, my man Frank Howard Robinson, tell him to sit down in the stand to see him play me dry field, I'm the best. And Clemente said, man, he's keep talking to him bad about me <laughs> in Spanish. <laughs> I told him, I play with him, but I never liked that guy. That guy make me sick, too. He talked too much. And then when the, 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 the taxi takes right to the door, the, the, the enter, and then Roberto said, man, he's no bad. He pulled a bill, the hundred dollars. Roberto Clemente, I said, give it. The guy, Roberto Clemente? He said, yes. How many you have people you have in your family? He said, four. He bring a four ticket and give it to the guy. Wow. And then after that, he said to me, Manny, you know you, the fraud Latino, never going to catch seven games in the world series. You have to win today. I said, don't worry about me. What you going to do? He said, my cuella going to throw me a ball. I'm going to hit it straight to center field. That's the way. That's a really true. And then he hit the home run. And then they are wrong. He turned wrong. Willie Steyer. 
from first day is called we hit that wrong. So we we know we want to be. And I said, man, and then he must genius. <laughs> because he said, Pagan, but Pagan have a short swing. You know, and he's about right field. And uh, my friend, uh, Pablo, they, I don't know, he missed the ball with his tire. It stopped between second and third before he take off. He, he has called the winning run. That's, that's what, that was the, out, uh, the, the winning thing. Manny Sanguin, World Series champions. Congratulations. Enjoy tonight. Muchas gracias. Next up, seven-time All-Star outfielder, first baseman, Al Scoop Oliver. Congratulations, Scoop. 50 years later, 1971 World Series champions. I want to talk about that memorable 1971 season. For Scoop Oliver, what really, really, that you could pinpoint for our listeners, something that occurred during that season that you knew this team is going all the way? It started in spring training. We knew that we had a team where guys uh, could have easily have been platooned. But we decided to put aside our personal um, uh, agenda, and whoever played, we poured for them. And um, we had a team full of guys who could play every day. Because we had players that did not like to sit down, but we decided just to not worry about that anymore. Because we had a team that if we brought it together, and because whoever replaced us, we knew that they would do a great job. And so we did that in spring training as a whole because we knew we had the talent. Uh, we had the confidence. And um, the one thing that we had, we liked each other. As far as the funny events with the Pirates, you know, we go on for days. But probably one of the funniest things that happened when I was in Pittsburgh is when Muhammad Ali came into our clubhouse and him and Doc Ellis were boxing. Doc had his robe on, and um, he had the moves as Ali. They're about the same size, and all the guys were in their locker just laughing away. And that's the one thing that stood out with me that year, because there were so many things that happened with our team in 1971. Scoop Oliver, who won that fight, Ali or Doc? Definitely Ali. He got tired of dancing. So he decided to throw a right punch to Doc's chest, and the fight was over. And former catcher who was a rookie player during that 1971 season, Milt May. Well, I was in a unique situation. I was a rookie that year, and uh, I can remember uh, one of my fondest memories is going in the clubhouse, uh, made the club, and went in the clubhouse at Three Rivers. And when I saw the lockers of Bill Mazeroski, Roberto Clemente, Willie Stargell, Steve Blass, along with many other guys that I had played with prior to that in the minor leagues or in spring trade that I knew were excellent players. As a young, naive guy, I thought, man, this team's got a chance to beat anybody. And I was naive, but I turned out to be right that year. And uh, it was an exceptional group of guys. And, uh, you know, as a young player, back then, I think it's changed a little now, as a young player, you, you wanted to learn the ropes from watching veterans. And your job was to uh, keep your mouth shut and learn from what you see 
guys like that, how they act on and off the field and try to pattern yourself after those guys. So I was a fortunate guy just to be so young and on such a good team. Next up, right-handed pitcher who described the great one was all about business, Bob Johnson. I had gotten traded over to Pittsburgh, and the talent. And when I showed up in spring training, the talent that I saw there, I said, "There's no way in the world we can't be a contender." You know, if we all do our jobs, we should have a chance. Any player in particular that stood out for you when it came to spring training? Actually, all of them. The, you know, the hitters especially, and then and then when I saw uh, the pitching staff. Uh, we picked up Bryles and, and a couple other young, younger pitchers, and uh, I said, you know, I said, if our pitching holds up, that we, we should do, we should do real good. Bob Johnson, I love to laugh, and I'm hoping that for this particular moment, for this podcast, that you'll be able to share something about the late great Roberto Clemente. You know, Roberto was a, a really uh, the things I remembered more than anything is before a game, especially if it was an important game, uh, we'd be out. They'd be taking batting practice. We'd be out in the outfield, the pitchers and stuff, and shagging balls, of course. That's what we did. And uh, he'd always make sure he went around everybody and gave him a little word of encouragement here and there. And so that was, and that was a big deal. Three-time infielder Dave Cash, who was also a guest on Talking 21. Well, I remember back uh, in 71, we played the Montreal Expos, and uh, we were down by eight runs in the ninth inning, and we scored nine runs in the ninth and the reason why i remember that i got the last hit to win the game so wow. there was a, uh, a significant event that i'll probably never never forget dave i love to laugh can you share a story uh, in particular of roberto clemente that's something that you could say to this day you'll always remember i was so awed of clemente that i really didn't have much conversation with him i didn't really you know i was almost he was a god to me you know, i've grown up watching him play and you know, I, I didn't really have a lot of conversation with him. Uh, and Robbie was, he was pretty to himself most of the time, except for with the Latin guys. He kept those guys in check. And uh, not only that, he gave him a lot of confidence uh, and, and some guidance in how to be professional and, and things of that nature. But I, well, did, I don't have a... a I will tell you this. There's got to be a funny moment with Doc Ellis. Tell me about <laughs> Doc Ellis, 1971. Well, with Doc, I remember we, when he pitched a no-hitter, uh, I sat right next to him, and uh, he wouldn't let me wouldn't let me leave because all the players at that time they were so superstitious about somebody pitching a no hitter. They don't want you to be near the pitcher, and and I tried to get up and 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 go move away from him, and he pulled me back down. I said, "You're not going anywhere. You're going to sit right here," and I sat right there through the whole nine innings and watched him pitch because I didn't play that night. As a matter of fact, Mazeroski made a play that uh, that saved his no hitter and probably the only toughest play in the game. Uh, that night, but uh, Doc was incredible. I mean, he hit about four or five guys, he walked about three or four, and he still threw a no-hitter. It was amazing. Two-time All-Star and two-time Gold Glove Award winner, Gene Alley. I remember, you know, how we came back. I remember that. We came back slow to win that series. I, I don't remember a whole lot about the plays. I, my memory is not as good as it used to be, but... Uh, I can still see that celebration and the celebration we had afterwards in the clubhouse. And it was just a great bunch of people, a great bunch of men that played that, that on that team. And I'm glad to be here with some of them today. 
The late, great Roberto Clemente is no longer with us. There are so many memories from so many of your teammates that I've spoken to. But what specifically that sticks out to you when we think of the great Roberto Clemente? Well, you know how great he was. And you know, nobody wanted, you know, you could do a lot to him. But I did play some jokes on him. I would, uh, when he was in there getting a rub down or something before the game, I'd go in and tie socks together and I'd switch his uniform with somebody else's and take one of his shoes and put it in somebody else's and if you had noticed doing games he's running out on the field he's still buttoning up his shirt dressing he was late he would have killed me if he had known that but you know he was a great man and he he uh, he appreciated people uh, I wouldn't say doing things to him you know having having, an having fun having yeah, fun yeah and I think he liked it. Uh, I, I just liked uh, being around him. Finally, former minor leaguer, broadcaster, and the founder of the Roberto Clemente Foundation, Roberto Clemente Jr. Well, number one, I believe the, the team believed in themselves. They, they came in with an attitude that they were going to, during that season, during that spring training, they knew they had the, the star power or and the, the, the bats to be able to be an offensive force in the league. And they had the pitching. And uh, they believed that they could go there. Uh, I believe that, that what happened uh, September 1st was something that uh, it really, really kind of uh, gravitated towards, you know, we are all brothers and, and this is something that uh, it really uh, cemented uh, that unison uh, for these guys to go out and win that game as well, making sure that uh, they could be relied on and, and it really, from that point on, now we're going into the into the postseason and that, from that point on, uh, I believe that uh, Dad uh, said uh, he was feeling well and after the, the playoffs and said, listen, if you take me to the series, just kind of please get me there. I'll make sure I'll be ready to go and I'll carry the team. And that's what he did. Uh, when you saw, you take a look at those numbers and what he did in that series, he really took the team on his back. But the, the, the team got him there. He asked the team to get him there. The team got him there and he actually fulfilled the promise that I will take care of business. And he did. Roberto Clemente Jr., last question. The funniest story that one of his teammates shared with you on maybe a prank pulled on your dad, but one of the funniest stories that you heard when it pertained to your father during the course of the 1971 series that to this day puts a smile on the son of the great one. Listen, I, I truly believe there is a, a story about a statue, a life-size statue that uh, was given to him, was presented to him as a gift. And um, yeah, Dr. Feingold was a team doctor and he was a Jewish doctor. Dr. Feingold, he had a very unique uh, sound of voice and, and dad loved the guy so much that he started imitating his voice and being able to sound exactly like the doctor. And uh, so, you know, he was always pranking the doctor and was messing around. But this day in particular, what they did was uh, they wanted to, to, to prank, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, the doc, but dad was the one doing the prank. Um, they, they grabbed dad and they put him on the uh, examination table. The, the doctor comes in and says, oh, Robert, I'll be right back. They, dad went under the table, they put the statue on top 
and then the doctor came that high. It was cold. There was no, and there was, I mean, there was no pulse. He started cracking. He, that, Roberto died here. So he was freaking out. But it was a very good prank and something that the team really, really uh, uh, just enjoyed. You know, one of those things that, you know, the other teams have so many stories. But that in particular was one, one of the greatest pranks that they did. Roberto Clemente Jr., thanks for your time. Congratulations to the 1971 Pittsburgh Pirates. Thank you. And after that final out, as the Pittsburgh Pirates were celebrating in the clubhouse, Pirates broadcaster Bob Prince, who was broadcasting live for NBC, interviewed and congratulated Steve Blass, the winning pitcher. Immediately, he turned to Roberto Clemente, who he affectionately called Bobby, and prior to interviewing the World Series MVP, Clemente modestly thanked Prince, but respectfully asked if it was okay to say a few words in Spanish. And here with me right now, the greatest right fielder in the game of baseball, Roberto Clemente. Bobby, congratulations on a great World Series. Thank you, Bob. And before I, I say anything in English, I would, I would like to say, Something for my mother and father in Spanish. En el día más grande de mi vida, para los nenes la bendición mía y que mis padres me echen mi bendición en Puerto Rico. Mr. and Mrs. Clemente, we love them too. Fifty years ago, history unfolded considering it was truly unprecedented on what occurred during a nationally televised interview. A baseball player a black Puerto Rican ball player who spoke directly during that live broadcast to his three sons and would even ask for his parents' blessings in Spanish. Through tears and immeasurable pride, Latinos around the world and especially in Puerto Rico were finally able to applaud one of their very own. Thank you. Gracias for listening to this special podcast dedicated to the 1971 World Series champions, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this episode. I'm Danny Torres. Adios and long live Roberto Clemente Walker.